We all have moments where we feel insecure. Without awareness, those moments of insecurity shape so much of our lives. Hi, I'm Chris McAllister, and I founded SightShift to help people like you and me, leaders and coaches, use the moments they feel insecure to transform their identity, their teams, and their culture. Listen in as I interview people around what it means to be the kind of leader who uses these moments to transform themselves. All right, everybody, glad to have you here on the podcast with us. And by us, I mean me and Ken. Ken Hogan, uh, he and I got to know each other a while back. His story represents, I think, something that's really cool uh, in the saga of Sight Shift, which we'll get into that later. But for now, Ken, so glad to have you here. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Appreciate it. Dude, I, uh, I I think for me, one of these things that is so fun about life is when you can make work about hanging out with people that you enjoy being with. So uh, this is too cool. Um, recently, you've got a transition, and I think it just gives people context. Uh, talk a little bit about what you're doing right now in the work world, your role, what you're passionate about, and uh, we'll go from there. I appreciate it again. Um so I was with a, a small um, boutique marketing agency in Columbus, Ohio, for about five years and um, uh, received uh, an invitation to look at another opportunity and um, actually joined another marketing agency, uh, full service, full stack digital agency based out of San Diego. They've got an international presence. Um, uh, I guess in short, I'm their director of sales. Uh, they hired me to be their first director of sales, which is pretty exciting. But uh, there are some folks that, you know, we're reaching out to in some you know, large pharma organizations that we felt necessary to, to tweak the, the title a little bit. I'm not big on titles, but sometimes people, you know, they want to feel important. So director of strategic partnerships. Um, I'm looking for the right clients. I'm looking for quality clients. And uh, um, it, really everything that um, I've been intentional about when it comes to, you know, implementing and, and applying um, from site shift is, I mean, I, I use it every day in what I do. Um, mm. Sometimes I don't realize it. Sometimes I have to be very intentional with, with, with what I do and, and, and how I'm doing it. And uh, uh, I could ramble quite a bit about it, but I, I don't want to. Um, real blessed to have, you know, the opportunity that I have uh, with the organization. I, I also serve as a, uh, an interim pastor. Um, with, within a, a specific region in the state of Ohio. So when organizations, uh, churches are going through transitions, um, I, I'll step in in an interim capacity, you know, and, and walk with them through that transition. So um, there's a lot of insecurities in, in that arena. You know, am I the right person? Am I the right fit? And uh, again, I, I, I just try to apply the things that um, we talk about you know, that sometimes we take for granted in this, in this site shift world. But again, just being very intentional about learning and, and uh, being sensitive to kind of what's going on, on, on the inside and not being too hard on ourselves. Yeah. Right on, right on. There's like so much there. So thank you because we've already jumped right into it. And that's what I love. Like, let's get into the heart of it right now. And yeah. uh, no doubt you're, you're in this place where you're using your strengths to develop relationships, strategic partnerships, leading organizations through change the weekend, uh, helping, helping these churches that way. That's, uh, that's really inspiring. 
And one of the things that I think is just huge about what you're what you closed there with was saying, hey, we don't need to be too hard on ourselves. Um, you, you know, I think right now there's just so much going on in the world, right? There's just so much chaos and controversy and crisis. In what ways in your interacting with others and leading others, do you see that affecting them? Do you see that turning into ways that they're harder on themselves? Boy, everybody wants to be the best at something. Um, I mean, if I'm being truthful, I, I can't tell you how many things I've looked at, especially on LinkedIn in the last 36 hours. Um, there's a uh, there's an image going around. There's been a lot of layoffs in the tech space. And mm -hmm. there's uh, pictures of CEOs posting selfies of them crying because they're having to make hard decisions. I, I think there's an appropriate level of vulnerability and where people are struggling is they're either too vulnerable or they're not vulnerable enough. And if you're mm -hmm. too vulnerable, you appear to be fake. If you're not vulnerable enough, you appear to be fake. So let's, um, let's just be sensitive to that. There's, there's gotta be an, an appropriate level of vulnerability. Um, there's nothing wrong with saying, I don't know how to lead through this. That's okay. Because if you're leading, there's other people that you're leading and there's other people that are leading alongside of you. So if it all falls on your shoulders, that's a pretty tough weight to bear. And, uh, you know, having a good group of people that you can bounce ideas off of, having a good group of people that you can you can uh, tap into is, is great. So uh, I, I hope that answered your, your question there. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I mean, it. it it's the way that we're hardening ourselves shows up in the way that we're either too vulnerable and we're seeking that validation or we're not vulnerable enough and we're overprotecting ourselves. And you're, you're, you know, laying down this, this tension point that is the healthy place where we don't have to be so hard on ourselves. We don't have to be alone and it's the appropriate vulnerability depending on where we are. Yeah. I think about it like most healthy leadership is just being a healthy parent. Right. And if I had to make big changes to our family, I wouldn't post a picture of myself making that hard decision and, you know, what it did to me. Um, and, and I don't want to throw rocks because, I mean, I, who knows? Somebody's tired and makes a decision or whatever. But as a coach, I would tell them, hey, you, you don't want to make it about you. How can the vulnerable expression help others without doing that? And, and that's honestly not something people are naturally good at, as you know. And leadership, so often they tend to cover up what what is there, or they're overdoing it because of something they feel you know insecure about. Um, wow, it just you, you know I feel like you're in this place right now, and and maybe you're always there, but at least the last couple of times we've connected, just such momentum in your own intuition and insight, and um, you had actually even said something to me. We were catching up a while back, and man, just the way that you phrased that. Uh, I'll even say it might as well. Let's share some love. You, you said, I don't have to protect peace. Peace protects me. And just the way that you, I don't have to guard the peace. You said the peace guards me. And, and the way that that showed up as your lived truth was so strong and, and it impacted me and dude, I still think about it. So, so thank you for, for bringing those truth bombs to us. Yeah. I mean, th that's tested every day. I, I mean, really, like, I, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to guard this. Um, you either live it or you don't. You have to be intentional about some of these things. You have to be intentional about your thoughts. You have to be intentional about um, 
how you how you approach something. Um, years ago, I had uh, I, I woke up and this this was before I started putting a significant focus on my mental health, <laughs> and I remember having a um, an epiphany, whatever you want to call it, one morning that I don't want to wake up every day trying not to mess up. Mm. And I had to give myself permission. It's okay to mess up. What do you do there? Okay, well, let's again, let's not be hard on ourselves. Let's be authentic. Um, there's such a lack of authenticity out there, whether you're trying, whether you're in a sales role, whether you're in a, a, a leadership role, managerial role. Um, I think people just want to connect with people that, you know, they feel good about and that they, um, you know, they don't have that gut feeling of what's this person want for me. I just want to, in my role, my job, I want to look for strategic partnerships where I have an authentic connection with somebody, where we enjoy talking to one another. If we can't do that, then we're not going to be good partners. Mm. So well, let's find well, some so. common ground. Let's talk about some cool things. Let's, you know, we're, we all have bad days. Give yourself permission to have a bad day. Bad days are going to happen. Bad days don't last. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's, uh, it's such a great reminder for us. You know, we're all going to have those moments. Um, I'd like to get just a little bit of a snapshot of where you're at from from the moment of it all. Where do you feel right now that you've got just some real <clears throat> momentum? Something's giving you a lot of joy. You're getting that dopamine from it. It feels good. Uh, what comes to mind with that? Boundaries and mm. es uh, establishing the boundaries and being very clear of where the boundary is. Um, there have been times in the last few years where just because you have an idea or somebody brings an idea to you and they need your help, you can't control how they respond to their part of that idea. I don't need to drive everything. I can do my part and I have to be secure in letting my part be my part. And I am so, uh, um, I'm not wound as much is what I used to be because I used to feel like if you brought something to me, I had to, Chris, when are you going to get your part done? Hey, we talked about this last time. I can't control how you respond. You can't control how I respond. So I'm just going to control what I can control. And uh, uh, you and I have talked about this before. I, I have absolutely hated at one point in time, you're, you're relaxing into your brilliance tagline. And, and now I'm learning to embrace it more and more because I don't have to have my fingers in everything and I'm okay with letting somebody else's decisions create the natural consequence that keeps them on, on track. Yeah, man. That's, and, and for me, it's like, that's not codependence. That's not assertive independence. That's interdependence. Right. And, uh, what a, what a beautiful way to, to state that. Well, I hear the momentum and the insights where right now do you feel like, you know, this is this is a place I feel stuck in or or I'm challenged there. I'm losing it. I'd like to get better in it. Uh, what comes to mind there? Any anywhere you feel vulnerable enough to share? Yeah, I'm always when, when something isn't going fast enough or something isn't um, going my way. If I don't have the right answer, I'm always trying to grasp at it and trying to get control of it and get it. control is the big thing. Um letting go of that control, just letting it play out. That's hard. And, and that, that is a, that is a daily, if, if I, if I'm surrendering something every day, I am surrendering control that I feel like I need to have. 
Man, I I feel that with you. Tell me, walk us through like a simple moment at work where it would show up and that control, you know, as specific as you can be about the issue and that control would start to to show up in you. What do you do? What's the issue and what do you do? Well, I mean, in my prior role, a lot fell on my shoulders. I mean, we still had a team, but a lot fell on my shoulders. And some of that was a choice and some of it wasn't. And I am truly in a team environment today. Mm-hmm. And when I, and this comes up when, because, you know, I work with a lot of people on Pacific time. So it's like, I want to get an answer fast, but I can't get an answer fast because they're three hours behind or, or whatever. But uh, when I start to feel the need for control, um, I'll get more fidgety. Um, my thoughts will start to race a little bit. Um, heart rate will go up. And a lot of times I'll just close my MacBook, take my AirPods out, take a short walk, breathe a little bit, just, you know, inhale, exhale, mm-hmm. just kind of clear my head. Um, I don't want to go off on a, a tangent, but there's this thing called mindfulness out there. And I don't necessarily agree with the term mindfulness because a lot of times that terminology is flushing the bad thoughts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, there's an empty space there. What are you going to fill it with? And, 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 you know, you have to take a bad thought and you got to replace it with a good thought because, you know, I've had a lot of negativity in, in my life. And, you know, that negativity has created a rut. It's created a, a neural pathway that is, it just, it sucks. And it's hard to break. But when you start replacing it with a healthy thought, that's where I go. Just those, a real quick break, a walk, um, a stretch. Uh, mm-hmm. standing in my backyard, taking some deep breaths in the sunshine. And then it's like, okay, we're good. Let's mm-hmm. go back in. I don't, I don't need to control this. I can wait. Beautiful. A pattern interrupt. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a free podcast. Come on. We're, <laughs> this is awesome, Ken. Thank you. Because we're all facing these issues, right? We're all in yeah. these moments where I start to feel that like antsy and <clears throat> trying to push this through. And uh, that pattern interrupt can be so powerful. And, and once I get that pattern interrupt, I get the perspective. I'm like, okay, I've started to wrap up who I am into this. I feel like my advancement is being blocked. And, and this, this progress that I'm seeking that's being blocked, I'm thinking there's more progress, which means there will be more glory, more worth. And that pattern interrupt helps me rem- remind myself of that. So thank you, man. Thank you. Um, a- as you have journeyed already so much and continue to journey in your own growth, this is a fun question. I love asking it. Um, no doubt there's a part of you that you've learned to appreciate, right? If we talk about building our lives around our strengths, what does Ken like about himself the most? What's or a part you're really proud of, of who you are? Most situations and um, take the temperature of the room pretty quickly take a temperature in the conversation pretty quickly. Um, there's, uh, there are some folks that are peacekeepers and some folks that are peacemakers and peacekeepers are like a thermometer in the room. That's not what I'm referring to. Um, I, I like going down that peacemaker road because that peacemaker road, if you, if you picture a thermostat, yes, a thermostat will tell you the temperature in the room, but having the, the confidence and the wherewithal to be able to adjust the temperature up or down 
is is a good thing and I, i've just learned to tap into that a little bit more um doesn't mean you know everything doesn't mean that every situation goes your way but there's a lot that gets accomplished in the tension mm. man yeah thermostat or thermometer i love that distinction um my family feels it in the summertime when I'm recording these. We've relaunched the podcast, so I'm recording these in the summer. So I turn the air off because my setup is at the house. And I'm like, you're going to bake for a little bit, but you'll be all right. <laughs> um, with your journey of just growth and, and wanting to learn and get better, not that there is, but is there like an origin moment for you where something really clicked and you're like, wow, I really want to grow my awareness. I want to work on myself. I want to get better. Um, love to hear about, and if there's not a specific moment, just like what, when you started to really see momentum in developing yourself. I'll go back to where I first got introduced to Sight Shift and in my conversation with, uh, with the, the, the main man, Gary Fowler. Um, <laughs> I, I actually had met Gary several years prior and reconnected with him. And I just, his name just kept coming to me and I'm like, you know, like we got some common connections and, and, um, you know, we went down this road, but you know, I, I remember going to him and we were just chatting, we had a cup of coffee and, uh, he said, I'm just going to throw this out there to you. I got this small group starting tomorrow and this, it's called figure that shift out. And I was like, dude, you had me at the title. Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes, it starts tomorrow. And I said, I can't come tomorrow. I'm, I'm going out of town. He said, you can skip the first one. So I got the book and while I was out of town, I started reading it. And um, there was a comment that you made in in the first chapter of the book about going out and shopping for pineapple. (laughs) And and it's not about the pineapple. I I think you said something about, you know, about not wanting to mess up. Mm -hmm. And you had me right there. That was that was where I was like, okay, the hook is there. The hook has been set. Now I'm just going to ride this thing out. And what it what it really helped me do is um it helped me focus a, a bit because i was lacking a lot of focus focusing on me I, I would always put focus on everybody else but i i i had never established the boundary for myself i had never established what i wanted and how i felt i knew where i wanted to go but i went there at the um very high cost of me Mm. and i don't do that anymore Mm. wow just the way that you say it with such clarity and truth and empowerment dude props props to the journey on pop props to what you're growing and learning uh what right now would be like a challenge that you're facing in your own leadership whether it's just the context or the market or or wherever you find yourself, but as a leader, you're looking at your situation and going, I want, I'm challenged here. And and this is a, it could be something outside of your control. It could be something you can work on yourself. Where's your mind go with that? Well, I mean, uh, I'm a leader in my family. Um, mm. I got two adult children. You parent adult children differently than you parent your 12 year old son. Um, mm. And I mean, that's, I could leave it right there. That's, Mic drop right there. Um, yeah, uh, you're hitting me in the field, so I have to tell you because yeah, ours will be 20, 18, and seventeen this year. <laughs> yeah, I've got a twenty-one year old and a twenty-year-old, and um, I, I've had a lot of anxiety 
uh, over the last couple of years. You know, my, my 21 year old just graduated college. My, uh, my, my, my 20 year old is, uh, very driven, just like me. Um, she's got the world by the, by the tail and, and, and thinks she owns it. And, um, I have to let my kids be adults. It's not about telling them what to do and expecting them to do it. It's, Hey, we have a relationship and if I'm concerned about something, I'm going to let you know, just like I would, I would call you Chris up if I saw you doing something out and about, Hey, Chris, I'm, I'm a little concerned at something. Can we, can we have a conversation? And that's how I have to approach it with my kids. But more importantly, with my adult kids, I have to go back to a statement that my wife and I made years ago. And that was, we, we want them to grow up to be responsible adults. And at the end of the day, they're responsible adults. So we're, we're patting ourselves on the back that, Hey, they have a foundation, but just because they don't do it dad's way, and just because they don't do it mom's way, doesn't mean it's wrong. And, and just, letting them go, you know, surrendering them every day and not, not trying to control it. I, I don't want to be one of those parents that, you know, the, the helicopter, you know, dads that try to control everything. You know, I've had a history of that and I, I, I don't want that. They're their own people. They can make their own decisions. It's awesome when they make great decisions. It's awesome when they don't make a great decision and they come back to you and they say, can I talk to you for a minute? <laughs> yeah. Tell me more. <laughs> dude man i mean like this is uh this is just beautiful it is it is right where i'm living uh in fact a couple nights ago we had a situation <clears throat> where it was very clear to me what needed to be done and of course you're familiar with the meta roles and what we teach with that and i was like okay don't be the leader right now be the sage don't fill the space make the space and and just asking those questions and and letting the letting the wheels turn and to watch them come to that decision on their own. I was like, yeah, good. You know, and not that I, like you're saying, not that I agree with them all. The trajectory is pretty solid. I feel good about that. But occasionally you have these big issues that flare up and you're like, whoa. Uh, yeah. The, let's, the, the let's question, tell what do you what need do. for me? Mm. I'm sorry for interrupting you there. No, go ahead. <laughs> the, That's the good. question, what do you need for me right now? That's hard. That's a hard question to ask. Because when you ask it, they're going to give you a response. I, I just mm. need you to listen right now because I don't know what I need to do. And I need to talk my way through it. Hey, will you tell me what to do? Okay, I may tell you what to do, but I'd love for you to figure this out on your own by asking you some questions. Um, but th that's, a, that's a control releasing question. What do you need for me right now? Because you go from the leader I'm going to tell you what to do and how to do it hmm. to coach. And okay. What do you think about that? How do you think that's going to work out if you do that? And that's hard. Yeah, buddy. I, you, you know, I think for me, this whole thing is so meta in a way, because this is a comment I meant to make, I meant to make earlier when you mentioned Gary's name, you, you were so representative of something <clears throat> that shifted a couple of years ago with site shift where it was this first group of people that were coached by people other than me that were getting certified in coaching. Um, and and so it was like truly this multi-generational thing. And to see the work that you put in and and how you accelerated your development through that, it, it's just, man, people that are listening to this can go, he's like hit like wisdom 
on like four different topics already. Uh, and, and that's evident of, you know, this effort you've been putting into, to growing your awareness. So, so props on that. Um, thank you with you're obviously, whether it's the organization or serving in these organizations in the weekend and nonprofits and churches, you're connected to people. You're seeing what's happening right now. If you could like get a message of encouragement to people, something out there that would just help them right now. What do you think something either leaders need to hear right now or, or people at large? Well, I think the number one place I go to is you're not alone. Uh, a lot of times we, we create our own obstacles in our head by thinking that nobody will understand. Nobody is going through what I'm going through. Um, man, even years ago, pre site shift, um, I had a, a a mentor in my life that said something very profound. What you're going through is normal. And I'm like, it just feels so abnormal. And I just needed somebody to tell me that it was normal. I needed somebody to to, to kind of get in the trenches with me and say, hey, I, I've been here. I'm not going to tell you how to get out because how I got out, I don't want you to take how I got out and get out. You know, let's work through it together. Um, the other piece of encouragement, maybe for those that, you know, they may be on the giving of the encouragement side is there's a lot of times where I, I've used the term leaning in a, a lot and you really get to know somebody when you can lean into their pain and we need to be open and, and very intentional when somebody's going through something, somebody feel is feeling their um, I'm alone. Get in there with them because that's when true connection is made. That's when you get to experience true feeling. That's where you feel true appreciation. I don't want to overuse the term love. You know, love is it, love comes in a multitude of forms. Um, but people really know that you care when when you roll up your sleeves and you kind of get in the trenches with them. Um, during this really key pivotal point in my life years ago, I was reading Sight Shift. I was reading Brene Brown's um, Gift of uh, Imperfection mm -hmm. and another book. And people were looking at me like, you're nuts. You're reading all three of those very deep books at the same time. I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty crazy right now. I, I, I was in the thick of it, um, you know, processing my anxiety that I don't have anymore. I'm not telling you that I never deal with anxiety. I have mm -hmm. anxious thoughts. But when I have those anxious thoughts, we just have a different relationship now than what we had before. That's awesome. Talk a little bit more about that. Cause I think you said something last time we caught <clears> up <throat> that I thought was great and I remember it and I can prompt it, but yeah, talk about the relationship to anxiety and how it's changed. I mean, I, I remember um, I, I had to go on a short day trip down to Cincinnati and I remember getting in my car and I was shaking. I'm like, eh, this ain't good. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> questioning my worth questioning um uh you know am i really called to do what i was called to do cold mm. and um i remember going to uh, uh a devotional app that i was getting a lot out of and um uh there's a lot of people in the business world, also in the church world, that know who Craig Groeschel is from Oklahoma. And I was reading a devotional 
that he put together based on his book. I, I think it's winning, winning the war in the mind or winning the battle in the mind. I can't remember the exact name of it. And I remember after like two days of the devotional, I, I went, wait a second. I, I want more of this. And I didn't realize that it was a book. I just thought it was a devotional that he put together. So I quickly went to Amazon, downloaded the book on, onto my iPad, and I was through it in, in a week. And I remember going, I don't have to live this way. I really can, I can overcome this. And we're not talking willpower or anything like that. It's just a different way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And I, I put myself in a position to where I would recognize and, and I, I do this now. Um, it, it's it's second nature to me now. I can recognize the anxious thought coming at a distance. Mm-hmm. When before I would recognize the anxious thought when it was right here in my face. And if I could recognize it a mile out, I go, okay. What in, what's going on on the inside of me that's triggering this? Is there an insecurity that's triggering this? Is it control? Because w- w- what I found myself doing is I was in such control that control masked my anxiety. Mm-hmm. And when I let go of control, my anxiety shot through the roof. I'm like, ah, I, cannot, I, I can't do this anymore. I don't like how I'm feeling. I don't like how wound I am. And when I started to just try to relax a little bit, it took a lot of walks. It took a lot of, of intentional meditation time to, to clear my head. It took a lot of fixing my thinking because I, I, w- I would be the one that would process all of those scenarios. Mm-hmm. How could it go wrong? Every, every one of them. And now it's like, you know, it's, it's okay. The unknown is going to be the unknown. I'm secure in who I am. I'm secure in how I want to approach this. I'm okay with that, with telling somebody, I don't know. I'm okay with asking somebody, can you explain that a little bit more? I'm okay with asking somebody, why do you do it that way? Hmm. I'm okay hmm. with pushing back where I wasn't okay pushing back on things. But more importantly, th- there was a lot of things that I chose to do because I was afraid to tell somebody no. Hmm. That's a boundary now. <clears throat> Thank you. I mean, I can only imagine how many people listening to this that have had trouble saying no. I mean, just you're you're hitting, I think, so many relevant pain points. And there's two things that I want to draw out because I don't want them to be missed that people don't always articulate. It happens for everyone, but they don't notice it and they definitely don't articulate it. And that is one, it gets worse before it gets better when you're doing this kind of work because you are doing something to numb out and keep the the raw feeling of that existential terror from hitting. And when you gave up the control, the anxiety, you know, it, it feels like it's increased because now it's here and I can't get away from it. And then the second was how because of the work that you've done, and this was the thing I was going to prompt you with if you didn't remember. So bravo, dude, this is such a killer point. Now you feel it farther off before it's like right up here on your face. Um, there's a guy, man, I think it's Michael Singer, Book Untethered, something like that. But he just talks about how this, you know, once you've done this work of the core, you know, our language identity, but once you've done this core work, you start to notice the fear when it's at the edges before it's already messing with 
the core. Mm-hmm. And I still get the fear at the edges. Occasionally I get it at the core, but how much quicker I recognize it, you know, even in the body, like, you know, it might have shown up in my face, tense and angry, where now I feel it in my ankle, right? In the very way I'm starting to shift all because, you know, that awareness grows. So, Ken, um, man, I, you know, you remember that concentrated orange juice when we were kids that they used to buy in the freezer section and we watered? I don't even know if they still sell that that way. Uh, we got away from the juice as much for the sugars. But this episode's been like the concentrated juice form. <laughs> so much good stuff here. Uh, if people wanted to connect with you more, find a way uh, in, 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 and wanted to do that, where would you point them to? They can they can look me up on LinkedIn. I, I'd be more than happy to connect with them. Um, I am choosing who I connect with. I get a lot of weird weird requests, but um, sure. I, I'm not a LinkedIn open networker. But yeah. uh, but it, it, at the same time, um, I can't say how many times I've reached out to people over the last six months where I don't know them, and it's been like, hey, I really like what you said about this, mm. and I'd love to connect with you. And they're like, hey really appreciate that, you know, and, and, and they connect right back. And I, you know, I know we always, LinkedIn is always, uh, there's always somebody out there saying, Oh, this is, that, that's a Facebook topic or that's this, or that's that, or keep this business related. Um, business people are people and business people hurt and business people get happy. And, you know, we can't be so stiff all the time. Because I, I don't want to have to maintain that stiffness. I just want to, I want to flow. Just, you know, not using your words or, or you know, uh, you know, flip, flip, lean in, flip and flow. I, I, I don't want right that. I, I just, I want to flow. And, yeah. and what I mean by that is I just want it to be, this is me. This is natural me. If you're having a conversation about marketing and integrations and, you know, broken systems and stuff like that, this is how I'm going to talk to you. If you want to talk about church, this is how I'm going to talk to you. You know, people don't need another fake person trying to shove something down their throat. They just want to know that they're appreciated. They want to know that they're heard. Mm. And they want to know that you value what they're saying. There's, you know, I think that's what we're lacking today is just this authenticity and realizing that people are people. We're people first. We're not what we do. We're who we are. I don't care for the president of a company or CEO or, or, you know, uh, sales development representative trying to get a meeting with, with a CEO or whatever. We're people. We put on our pants the same way every day. We breathe the same air. We need food, you know, food for our bodies and food yeah. for our minds. You know, we, we, we need all this stuff to be healthy. So let's be there for one another. That's awesome. Man, it's like we had the meal and then we got some dessert, speaking of food, with this last <laughs> reminder of who we are. And that's the core. And we align so much on that. So what a treat. So Ken Hogan on LinkedIn, Columbus, Ohio, that'll probably get him there. Um, Ken, thank you for being here today, for sharing from your heart and your life, helping us get encouraged on the journey as we seek to impact people and live from that identity. Appreciate it so much. Buddy. Thanks, man. Thanks so much for being here. You know that self-leadership 
is difficult. And as you listened, if you found within yourself a desire for more awareness for yourself, your team, or your culture, or the people that you would guide as a coach, you can find more at SightShift.com, S-I-G-H-T Shift.com to take the next step.